0: My name is Jörg Alebach and this is my podcast BCG Bank Bites in which we explore how data science and technology are changing the future of banking. You are listening to Episode 6. In this episode, I want to explore the point of view that those banks which continue to cling to traditional banking models are standing at the precipice. In order to survive and remain relevant. These banks need to change fundamentally and transform from product verticals to customer centrals. Personalized offerings led by deep customer insights as well as speed and agility of adoption are of the essence to build back meaningful engagement with customers. Technology is advancing rapidly and is changing almost every aspect of our lives. How we travel from place A to place B how we keep in touch with our friends and family, how we shop, school, our kids, and spend our leisure time are evolving every day. A key factor driving change is the coming of age of artificial intelligence. Automated programs are already able to analyze vast amounts of consumer information, carry out complex tasks to create deep personal and human experience across consumer moments and channels, across purchase, and usage events, automatic turning on of lights as our front doors open, shopping apps that allow us to realistically visualize a new look, or voice assistants reminding us of our drugstore shopping list when we are in the vicinity. These are experiences that we are getting used to living every day. Banking is not an exception to the trend towards tailor-made experiences. People are already used to technology making their lives easier, and they now expect the same level of sophisticated, immediate and personalized interactions from their banks. When the COVID-19 pandemic forced banks to reduce face-to-face interaction and step up virtual operations, the vast majority of consumers quickly adapted to digital interactions with their banks, easily letting go of long-standing habits. Technology-driven challengers in the market are taking advantage of this trend and challenging banks on their own home turf. Across industries, the imagination of challengers are getting bigger and bolder, fired on by their ability to execute. Take, for example, a UK tech that uses black box data to calculate risk scores for their car insurances, which then are reported via mobile apps to drivers so that they can better understand and improve their driving behavior. What's more, the driver's insurance premiums is periodically recalculated to reflect the driver's performance. Hyper-personalization is now quickly becoming a necessity for banks, enabling them to respond to their customers' inherent needs and to deepen engagement. So what does hyper-personalization in banks look like? What is stopping banks from going all out right now? I would like to discuss this and more with my colleague Sri Gupta, who is joining me on this podcast today. Sri has spent a significant portion of her career as a banker working extensively to implement personalized solutions across North America and Asia in large financial institutions like American Express, JP Morgan, Axis Bank and HSBC. She is a topic expert on personalization for FI clients. Welcome Sri. Thank you, Jörg. It's a pleasure to be here today. Going back to the original question. What is hyper-personalized banking to you?
1: Your hyper-personalization to me is a process that ensures that each interaction a customer has with her bank is individualized to her preference and convenience. Some of these preferences could even be implicit and not overtly stated. Let me give three scenarios from experiential buying, savings and credit to explain. I'm starting with experiential buying. Your mobile app could incorporate new technologies such as augmented reality and voice activation. You would be able to point your phone to a car you are planning to buy and at your voice command. Your bank would be able to advise you on total possible monthly expenses including installment amount, maintenance and full outflows given your commute pattern. Savings. You share your savings goal with your bank. The bank then can analyze your past spending patterns and recommend spend rationalizations to meet your savings goals the bank can even go further to advise you on investments with the savings now generated you take your credit facility for granted but your credit facility could also be intelligent and give you control with flexible category limits tailored for you you can get personalized rewards for meeting your category goals so in other words Your bank is able to deliver a relevant individual experience to you and all customers like you all the time through the right platforms at the right moment. Your product crafting, price, offers, rewards and advisory from your bank are all specific to you and your context. Your bank actively listens to implicit or explicit signals you give to truly understand you as an individual. Personalization could also include cross-industry collaborations to bring an integrated ecosystem to customers. For example, a large mainstream bank's marketplace enables their customers to search for cars, auto finance and insurance in Singapore along with providing individualized recommendations.
0: Personalization is an often used word these days and it seems to mean different things to different organizations. Some use the word personalization to indicate a product cross-selling strategy. Some might be referring to a differentiated pricing strategy, while others might just be trying to describe the most basic capabilities of being able to send a message to a customer which addresses them by their name. What is, then, the full scope of what personalization is and what it is not? Well...
1: First of all, let me start by saying that all of this mentioned are different components of personalization, but they do not make the whole. Personalization involves a comprehensive orchestration of all interactions of a bank with its customers throughout customer lifecycle. The bank intervention can sometimes be in the form of a product offer, but will often go beyond to include handholding through a banking journey or even connecting a customer to an ecosystem. The starting point is creating a 360 view of your customers. This includes diagnostic tools like customer's persona, propensity for an intervention, price sensitivities, churn likelihood, or channel preferences. We call this customer DNA. DNA guides the creation of appropriate bank action library. Now, there are many organizations who have pricing practices or churn prevention strategies. However, if executed in silos, they tend to take away from the overall customer experience through contradictory signals. Say, for example, one part of the bank has just charged you a penal fee, whereas the other part is soliciting new products at the same time. And this is exactly why a customer level orchestration is super important. The messaging and media needs to be personalized as well. Say customer John prefers short summary messages on mobile app, whereas customer Emma wants to understand any program in detail. So for Emma, you would be sending the content on an email or guide her to an appropriate page in the website. An efficient marketing tech stack ensures this. The starting point is developing the ability to see your customers as individuals first.
0: That sounds intuitive. What then is preventing so many banks from embracing hyper-personalization at scale?
1: I would say two things mostly. First, not all banks are harnessing the building blocks of hyper-personalization well. Customer data held by banks is a potential goldmine, but is still proving hard to access and stitch together due to legacy technology and platforms. Secondly, most banks are not able to place customers at the center of their actions. Banks tend to focus more on selling products rather than addressing customer needs. This is an outcome of siloed departments within banks, each with their individual product-centric goals.
0: You mentioned building blocks of hyper-personalization. What are they? How can banks initiate this journey?
1: There are three main building blocks for personalization customer DNA view, action library, and a marketing tech stack for execution of actions via different channels. We spoke about customer DNA being the starting point. For organizations which do not have a unified customer DNA already, this sounds more daunting than it is in practice. A large quantity of very old legacy data may not at all be useful to throw light on today's customer's context. So banks need not spend a lot of time and energy trying to convert old documents into data. It will be much more meaningful to start using behavioral data from a recent time point. The whole stack can be built in phases. This needs to be complemented by a customer engagement engine that reads into customer's behavior interprets intentions and matches an appropriate action curriculum. This is then served to the customer using an organization's marketing tech stack. It is even better if the marketing tech stack has an ability to capture back customer feedback or run experimentations that provides great information on adaptive learning. Often the hardest part is getting started. But in our experience, most banks have more than enough data and people to get value right away.
0: Sri, thanks for these very tangible insights. As always, the devil is in the detail. So let's take up this discussion in more detail and on an individual level with banks across the world. This has been Jörg Alebach. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to this podcast for more bite-sized conversations on data science, security, speed, scale and smart solutions in banking.